from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. News reports indicate that tar bulbs from the Deepwater Horizon accident are washing up on beaches throughout the Gulf Coast, and many people are asking about the potential spread of oil in the Gulf and even along the East Coast. Dr. David Vaughn of the Moat Marine Laboratory at Summerlin Key, Florida, has been conducting research on Gulf currents and has been looking for oil in the water along the Florida coastline. Dr. Vaughn is on the telephone with us today. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Vaughn. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Glad to have you today. And if you will, please tell our listeners about Moat Marine Laboratory and the type of research that's conducted by you and your staff. Well, Moat Marine Laboratory is a private nonprofit organization that's been working in the public realm for over 55 years. It was started by the First Lady of Sharks, as we call her, Dr. Eugenie Clark, and has spread into working with not just sharks, but with dolphins, whales, turtles, fish, and now some of the research we're doing in the Florida Keys, coral reefs. One of the research projects that I noticed is mentioned on your website involves autonomous underwater vehicles, or AUVs. What are they exactly, and what do they do? Yes, the AUVs, or sometimes we call them gliders or underwater robots, because that's basically what they also are, uh, are vehicles that have been used by Moat Marine Lab and a few other organizations and universities uh, to study uh, the water and the water samples for longer periods and farther than manned submersibles or manned vessels can operate. How are you using those devices to look for oil from the Macondo well, which has been leaking oil for the past two and a half months? Well, one of our programs actually in uh, aquatic uh, ecotoxicology has been for many years working on studying red tides. That is the toxin that comes out of a algal dinoflagellate in the Gulf of Mexico and, and causes havoc on beaches and with fish populations. We had an underwater vehicle that was out there testing for red tides, and as soon as the uh, issue and the item of the oil spill came up, we quickly got with some of the people who make this uh, both vehicle and some of the science instruments on in it and adapted it to be able to test for uh, carbon-dissolved organic matter in the frequency that oils and dispersants are in. And what are you finding so far? Well, we're finding a mixture of uh, results because uh, Besides Moat Marine Laboratory uh, helping to manage about three or four of these in southwest Florida, we also have most of these being uh, posted through the Rutgers University Coastal Ocean Observation Laboratory with four others that are up near the oil spill in the upper gulf. So we've been able to compare the results from the ones closest to the oil to the ones down here in the Keys, the farthest away from the oils. And are you finding oil uh, close to Florida at this point? No, we're very, uh, very, very lucky, especially in southwest Florida and especially down here in the Keys, that so far we've escaped uh, any of the detection of oils or dispersants in our areas. And we're very pleased of that circumstance because it could be worse. 
As many people know, there is a uh, specific type of movement of water or currents in the Gulf of Mexico called the loop current. And there's the potential for the loop current to bring the oil within a very short period of time to southwest Florida and to the Keys. But as of this moment, that's not the case. Is there any evidence, perhaps, to date that suggests that even some highly emulsified oil, oil that's been in the water for quite some time, might make it into the loop current and could come all the way around to the East Coast? Well, that's the normal pattern of the loop current. For the listening audiences, most of people uh, before this year never even heard of the loop current. More people today understand that the loop current is a body of hot water that comes up from the Caribbean between Cuba and the Yucatan portion of Mexico and comes up like a river just like the Gulf Stream up into the central part of the Gulf of Mexico up towards where the oil spill is located then moves right towards the eastern portion of the panhandle of Florida and then usually straight down through it close to the Keys before joining the Gulf Stream at the Straits of Florida. However, uh, during this time, uh, a, a fairly unusual phenomena happened that happens now and then, and that the loop current has changed shape. The whole upper portion of the loop current has encircled and formed a separate eddy called the Franklin Eddy. And that really has protected uh, the southern portion of the Gulf of Mexico from receiving any of the oils from the upper portion of the Gulf of Mexico. Well, that's certainly good news then for the Keys. Uh, but about three weeks ago, there were reports of tar balls in the Florida Keys, but according to tests, uh, the oil didn't come from this particular leaking well. So you're getting oil that apparently washes up on beaches in the Keys and, and uh, various places in Florida, but it isn't necessarily coming from this well. So where does it come from? Well, that's a good point. Uh, the few times when uh, tar balls were uh, detected and reported, uh, it ended up that they weren't from the source of the uh, oil spill. Instead, they were from some other unknown sources. Um, it could be that uh, we do get uh, these kinds of small numbers of tar balls on a regular basis, but everybody was on the lookout and aware to look for it. Or, as some people suggested, it may have been a spill of opportunity that others used to discharge oil at the time where they thought it wouldn't be detected by them. Mm -hmm. Yes, good point. Well, how would you describe the potential impact of oil from the leaking well on the subsea environment? Um, how could perhaps corals be affected? Well, you know, there's been many studies about uh, oils and the, the effect in areas such as uh, marshes and on seabirds and mammals and things like that. But there hasn't been as much research done on the effect of coral reefs, and that was one of the fears of the... Uh, natural resource managers here in the, in the uh, Florida Keys, because it is the entire Keys are a national marine sanctuary. And it was also the concern of both the Coast Guard, NOAA, and BP of what would happen if uh, very fresh oil came down this way. So um, many people have not had experiences in what the effects are directly on coral reefs. The good news is that corals are down on the bottom 
and that most of the time oils rise to the surface and cause a problem at the surface. Uh, one of the uh, situations that would cause a problem is that corals actually spawn or reproduce in the summers, and they give off eggs and sperm that actually float to the surface, similar to fish eggs, and so there would be a problem of coral reproduction if we did get uh, oil even at the surface. And you're doing some studies right now, aren't you, on corals and oils and even dispersants? That's correct. Uh, we're taking the opportunity of this being the time of the seasons when uh, corals do reproduce by collecting some of our own coral larvae, as they're called. They're basically the very small juvenile free-swimming form of the uh, coral that is about the size of a head of a pin, and we're doing what's called bioassays. We're, we're checking a, an impact or an assay on the biological live uh, coral larvae to see if it both impacts it while it's swimming or impacts it when it tries to set or settle on the bottom. And we're doing those tests right now on both some regular oil, weathered oil, as well as dispersants themselves. I hope we'll have an opportunity to check back in with you at some point and get the results of your testing. It sounds quite interesting. Yes, that would be very nice. So far, we've been very lucky to be able to have these AUVs out in the water, taking samples and letting us know that our waters are okay and all clear so far. But we do need to do these tests to see what would be the effect if we did or would get oil in this area. I have one final question for you today. Um, there are news reports that foreign drilling companies are expecting to drill for oil in Cuban waters soon, perhaps as early as next year. And the companies there are not going to be subjected to U.S. drilling regulations. Has that been a cause of concern for you and for your research? Well, all drilling within in the area that could impact the coral reefs here in the Florida Keys are of a concern. And they each have their own different uh, levels of the concern just because of what we were talking about before, the potential of water currents that could or could not drive them our way. Most of the research by places like the, the Coast Guard have looked for the impact of oil from something like a tanker uh, spilling oil in our direct region. But very little has been done to see what the effect would be of oil spilled far enough away, such as in the upper Gulf, or fairly close, 100 miles away here in Cuba, and what that impact would be on our corals. The Florida and Gulf Straits in the Florida uh, Gulf Stream section between Cuba and the Florida Keys also sets up a semi-barrier between us and that country. What may be more of an impact is as the Gulf Stream turns the corner up to southeast Florida, Miami all the way up through Jacksonville, and the impact that oils actually may have on those locations. Interesting point. Again, that's something we'll need to watch in the future. Uh, Dr. David Vaughn, thank you so much for providing your insights on Energy Tomorrow Radio, and I hope we have an opportunity to talk with you again soon. Uh, that sounds very good. I really like being part of a technology with AUVs that is the right kind of technology helping us to look at environmental problems. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.